you know, in a world that is constantly changing and evolving and the creator economy is growing day by day, you probably don't know where to begin. You don't know where to go to to actually learn about all these different professional creatives and artists and even entrepreneurs in that space. Well, look no further because I got the perfect podcast for you. And believe it or not, it's not mine. It's the one and only Heather Parody. She's been on my show a couple times. I've been on hers and full transparency. I'm a huge fan of her podcast as I personally enjoy taking the unconventional path and the path less chosen. The Heather Parody podcast really takes a spotlight to creative artists and entrepreneurs so that we can all learn from these dedicated creatives. If you want to learn more about Heather, uh, I'll leave her link in the episode notes, but you can follow her at Heather Parody on all platforms. And of course, check out her podcast, the Heather Parody podcast available wherever you enjoy podcasts. It's just funny. It's funny you know, the way you tell the story and everything. Funny how. faster or a, not a faster, but I'm pretty much just a coffee till 1 PM kind of guy. I like that dude. Yeah. I'm the same way. I usually do i uh, I'll fast till maybe noon like I am right now. And then the only thing I'm having is my coffee and then my, Oh, you're an AG one or all right. I'm yeah. I've been doing that for a little while too. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by AG one. <laughs> Click the link in our bio to get a year supply. If you would have told me, I would have, I would have made my own little AG one drink. Hmm. Yeah, dude, I love it. I've I've always been a big fan of um, anything functional that I can get some sort of nutrients, whether yeah. that's like, uh, you know, like mushroom coffee. I'm a big fan of mushroom coffee, right? We but, might be the same person. <laughs> are we the same? I think I think and to some extent we are. I'm a mushroom coffee, mushroom coffee person, too. That's awesome. Yeah, you got a, a brand that you use in particular or? Um, I did for somatic for a while. I did some of their stuff and then there's yeah. one called rise. It's like R Y Z E. That's right. I'm actually yeah. creating some content for them, uh, this weekend. Oh no shit. That would yeah. be, see, that would be something I'd love to do too is yeah. work with them. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a UGC creator on the side. So nice. Uh, I create a lot of content for, uh, some big brands and small brands, but yeah, rise, I reached out to and, uh, they just send me content. And then I just kind of do voiceovers and follow their script and just edit it up and send it to them. Yeah, Rise you is one. Ask you a couple questions about that. Oh yeah, quick. no shoot. Um, so how do you like? Do you just build a portfolio sl so slowly and then you kind of send it out, or like how did you get started with that? Because that's kind of the trajectory I would like to go. Oh um, really? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm kind of a part time deal right now because I do a lot of social media and stuff, but. Nice. I'd love to work with brands that I use because I love their products and I think I could do a good job. Yeah, fuck yeah. I mean, if you do use a lot of brands and stuff like that too, uh, the easiest thing, what I did was I just went around my house of things that I have that I use mm -hmm. and I just created testimonials and videos. And then I would send nice. that to the brand and uh, I would say, smart. I would say, hey, listen, I'm a UGC creator. Um, I've worked with, you know, brands all, all over the country for, you know, half a decade whatever I would, I didn't. And, <laughs> and then I would say, here's the first, I always give my clients the first videos on the house. Uh, I could do X, Y, Z voiceovers, videos, photography, whatever you guys want. Just let me know what your brand's needs are. And I could send you some rates. And I did that, you know, in the course of a year, I did that to a hundred brands and 
don't know, 15 of them reached out to me. But out of those other 80-something brands, they end up using the content or posting on their stories and tagging me. Oh, wow. So then I ended up just screenshotting that. I'll throw that in my portfolio and say I worked with those brands. And that's how I kind of built a a portfolio. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that with me because that's kind of – I didn't know how how to get started at all. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. And then even if you want, I don't know if uh, if you looked at my website, but I could send you my actual portfolio, and then it'll give Is you. It, a, if it's on your website, I'll just check it out. Yeah. There. Okay. Cool. Or I'll even. Uh, you, I'm sure you use Canva. Yeah. I'll just send you the link that I use, and then it'll give you a template portfolio, and then you could just plug in your name and stuff. Oh wow, that's that would be awesome, dude. Thanks. Yeah, dude. There, there's enough brands to go around for everybody, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'd be kind of cool if we all worked on a couple projects with the same group kind of yeah. thing. Hell so yeah. That'd be kind of fun. And then, you know, even if even if it comes down to it where you have some brands and you, you can't, you know, handle, I like working with a lot of different content creators because if there's certain brands that I can't use or maybe I don't have time to edit it, I send it to them and I just split it with them. So, you That's know, awesome. even if there's something down the road that, you know, you need help with or vice versa, I mean, it's always good to, to have some people to help you with. Thanks. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, so you're a, uh, we're recording by the way, we're just, we're getting into it. Yeah. Cool, man. Whatever you want to do. It's your podcast. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Yeah. I, I usually don't, um, I don't know. I don't like intros. I don't, yeah, I don't, uh, yeah. If it feels too formal, I, I get tense. Correct. Yeah. <clears throat> and you got a podcast yourself. Yeah. 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 Part-time cool. creator podcast. Nice. Yeah. Cause I've, I first originally saw you on TikTok. And uh, content's great, especially I noticed you're doing a lot more um, authentic stuff now. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. That's yeah, I, I, I kind of naturally gravitate towards that. It's kind of like if I can't figure out what kind of content I should make, I'm like, I'll oh, just let's just go into like the more like helping people understand how to be their authentic selves because it's something that I've developed a, a lot over the years. And then then I dive into some like deeper topics, like, you know, what gear I use, like, I, there's a lot of things I want to do. The problem is, is that being part time, it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, so that's why I'm trying to focus on the money aspect of stuff right now. Like, I didn't want to be the dude who's like, Oh, I go to monetize. But like, if I want to take this seriously, and I want to do this full time, I got to get some something under me in terms of financial support. And then that way, I yeah. can really, you know, dive deep. Yeah, that was my biggest struggle. I mean, I, I went from years uh, working corporate America and, uh, you know, making six figures and 401k and health benefits and all that. And then, you know, we, we got into real estate a while ago and, uh, we were able to be fortunate enough to rent some houses and sell some property and get some good capital underneath us. And then I ended up getting laid off due to the pandemic. And I was like, you know, this is now's my chance, you know, cause yeah. I know if I get another job, I mean, I'm 37. So if I get another job, I'm going to be there till I'm 55. I'm not going to be able to do this stuff. No one wants to listen to a 60-year-old podcaster unless you're Joe Rogan. So it's like <laughs> now's the time that I need to like really buckle down and do this. And uh, I've owned companies before, and uh, I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to I'm gonna start my content business. I might lose money for the first year, but I just need to, I need to get into this and do it. So I'm realizing that the UGC stuff is good. Um, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of hustling, a lot of DMing, a lot of emailing. Um, you know, for the, the time that you spend doing it, it's beneficial. Like I I just, I mean, I got paid just today. I did a 10 second video. I got paid 70 bucks, no editing, no captions, no nothing. Right. But that doesn't happen all the time. Obviously, you know, some videos are a hundred dollars and it 
takes three hours to edit everything and um it's not guaranteed you know is it is it worth it to to do that type of stuff even though you can make your own schedule and, and all that so you're not mm-hmm. going to make six figures doing it because you're always hustling right. so um I'm kind of transitioning more the opposite way where I'm still going to do a lot of content creation and UGC stuff, but I'm going to do more like podcast coaching, consulting, because I've been doing that for a while just on the side uh, because I've hosted a podcast for so long and a lot of people reach out to me they're like, hey, what type of gear do you use? And do you have time to help me uh, with hosting? And and I decided a while ago, I'm like, yeah, I can, but to do everything, it's like 300 bucks an episode. Here's what is included. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm doing a lot more of that. Nice. And I'm like, oh, if I could just like help out two podcasters a month, that's six figures a year. Right. Yeah. You know, as long as they're putting out episodes, of course. Right. So Consistent I'm like, and they're, yeah. yeah. And then you trinkle in the UGC stuff. Okay. Now we're talking. And it's kind of up the alley of like, I could see myself podcasting for 15 more years. Right. Yeah. It's way more sustainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if you love doing it. Yeah. Because the UGC stuff is cool. But again, most of the demo, especially now with a lot of products like AG1, like their demo is 18 to 30. Mm, I, right. I don't look 37, so I'm fortunate in that no. aspect. But Yeah, when you said that, I was surprised. <laughs> yeah, but it's not going to be like that <laughs> forever. I would imagine that I got another two years and then I'm going to start like getting the... Maybe that should be your angle. Be like, hey, I drink this. I'm 37, Ooh. but I look 30. Ooh, that's great. This is really turning into an AG1 ad, and I think I'm going to clip this and send it to him and be like, listen, so I'm 37. I've been drinking this for about a year, and I feel 25. (sighs) Try AG1. You won't regret it. Ding. (laughs) Um, Oh, sorry. That was my cue. I should have put the ding in. It's okay. We'll just do uh, what everyone enjoy that. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah, dude. So it's, uh, it's, it's interesting to own your own content business, especially nowadays, but I feel like everything is going that way now. Oh, totally. Right? Because, I mean, a lot of corporate companies that I worked for prior to, they were spending more money on their social media content budget than they were their actual marketing budget, like with athletes. Like I used to work for Monster Energy a while ago, and they spent more of their money on digital content and uh, even podcasting than they do uh, like athletes because they know that... They could do all these avenues, social media and all that, but if they have a strong social media and they implement athletes and, and all that, that's going to help their social media either way. It's not like they're doing that to help the athlete. Right. It's yeah. always coming back to the social media aspect and they want to grow social media and gain attention. And that's that's where the world I think is going to be for quite some time. Yeah, I totally agree. In fact, as a video editor, that's one of the things I'm trying to convince a lot of my clients. It's like, you got to put some dollars into just content creation and get a team and I can help you build it and that kind of stuff. And that might be one avenue of revenue that I want to build is sort of doing some consultations with businesses, especially in my area that just don't know about this stuff, but I could teach them the power of it uh, because you're right. I mean, it's it's a huge marketing asset that if you do it right and even if you just get started and you build and scale as you go it's it's way more worth the money than just trying to like oh let's do the traditional thing of getting some kind of spokesperson and pay them you know hundreds of thousands of dollars over the course of whatever amount of time especially now you know it's uh it's so interesting how we're we really in the course of a year maybe two years the consumer now gives zero shits about influencers yeah. Like legit influence, you know, the Kim Kardashians and the big celebrities like Jennifer Aniston has a protein line. Okay, great. No one cares. But if yeah. 
a Joe Schmo was like walking around outside and he's like, Hey, I use this vital proteins and it's great. We click that link and we buy that product now because of that, not because Jennifer Aniston, you know, it's, it's crazy how we switch so quickly. And I think TikTok was the defibrillator for all that. Yeah, I you totally know? agree. Yeah, and I think too, we're, we're, we're not only so tired of being sold to, but we don't believe anyone that doesn't look like us anymore. Like mm-hmm. we used to buy ads from people or from companies because we you know we like their products. But now that we're seeing like our quote unquote friends or people that could very easily be our friends mm-hmm. on social media selling stuff, there's a, a level of trust that's there's less of a barrier of entry. Like I've bought stuff from people on TikTok who I've followed for one or two years mm-hmm. because I'm like, they're not going to lie to me. They have nothing to gain by lying to me. They're not given a script. They're not, I mean, maybe they are given a script, but the whole point is, is it's so much more digestible. And so it's really been a, a powerful movement. And I think that's what got me interested in going, you know what, I could, I could do this. Cause before I was like, ah, I don't know if the money's there. Like, I don't know if like I want to dive into this, if there's not a lot of you know capital to gain, um, at least from like a full-time perspective. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. Especially with, uh, you know, to your point about just normal people, like our friends, you know, we, I think we're always, we've been drawn to celebrities, right? Because we want to be them. And we see the success and, you know, we, we want to make millions of dollars and we want to have millions of followers and we want to be on TV. And all of us at some aspect, like wanted to be an actor or some type of, you know, we like being in spotlight, whether we admit it or not. Some of us are more introvert, but more often than not, we like to be the person in the group that everyone's like, Shane, he's a good time when we go partying. When we go out, Shane's the head of the party. Like we like that, that little, uh, sprinkle of um ego right and i feel like we eventually got we're at the point now especially with tiktok is we see those people and we're like you know it's kind of cool that that person doesn't have the ego they're just talking to me like a normal person you know and and we're not really drawn so much to that celebrity as much as we were five years ago or ten years ago where we put them on such a high pedestal and i think we're just getting more smarter, right? We're understanding about products and consumerism and capitalism and the economy and where it's at. And we know that if we even do help out that creator or that person and we buy that brand, it's going to help that person in some aspect. You know. Do you think it's also a factor that the way we consume entertainment is now much more... Uh, well, I mean, it's on social media, like TikTok was, we used to get like Netflix, you know, network TV movies. And we, I'm, I still enjoy that stuff. But if I was to look at how much time I spend on TikTok versus how much time I spend on a streaming service, it's not even close. Do you think yeah. it's just ex- continued exposure to, to people that type and, of content? Yeah. That type yeah. of content is also kind of making it easier for us to go. Yeah. I'd totally buy from, you know, that guy or that girl. Yeah. Good point for sure. I think that's exactly what it is. You know, it's very similar to like reality TV, right? Like back in the day, what started it? Uh, road rules and, you know, all the world fun- of Vegas or whatever. Right. The real world. Like all that was great. And the next thing you know, we're in that trend. And then everyone's watching it. And then now you get like the Kardashians and then you get uh, Desperate Housewives and you get all these reality TV shows. And we're consuming all these TV shows constantly. And it's almost like the ratings were so good that every company wanted to do it. And that's kind of what happened with TikTok, I think, is everyone was like on the app and then everyone's talking about it. Next thing you know, one person gets on it. And I think if you add that 
parallel to that, you have TikTok's unique algorithm that is only giving you things that you enjoy watching. So there's not a whole lot of stupid stuff. I mean, well, stupid. It's a lot of stupid stuff. It's a relative but, term, but I don't right. mean. <laughs> but, but there's not stuff that you find stupid yourself. Like your for you right. page is for you. And Instagram wasn't like that. Instagram was like, eh, ad, eh. I don't want to. I don't want to see Johnny and his fucking, you know, haircut. Like, eh, I don't want that. But now you get on this thing called TikTok, and you're like, everything is exactly what I want. Like, what? And it's just, it's wild, man. What's weird to me is that I never really understood like the Instagram algorithm. Like, I never before now. I really never got into like how algorithms work. Mm -hmm. I assumed that every social media platform was showing you stuff that you wanted to see. Right. And it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't until I got to TikTok that I'm like, oh, and if I go over to Instagram, this is a bunch of stuff I don't care about. Like these are my friends, these are my followers, but like it's not necessarily relative to what I want to see. And mm -hmm. it's now looking back with, you know, at a thousand foot view, it's like, how did other social media networks not care about that? And I think a lot of it has to do with, well, the ad revenue was determining what they were showing people, right? Mm -hmm. Who was spending ads and how they make money. And I think what TikTok realized was, is if we can get people really interested in using this app, we'll beat all the other apps. And then we can start monetizing after that because we'll have all the attention. So we don't have to worry about people coming here and wanting to advertise. And I, I'm not saying that's how it works, but it sure seems that they were like, you know what? Let's put the consumer first, the, the way it kind of should be. Dude, nailed it. Yeah, I think they they definitely were playing the long game. Yeah. Um, and they won for sure. I mean, you look yeah. at you look at like where <laughs> did you see that article? I posted a, a TikTok about it, but there was an article that came out saying that uh, Google now just got surpassed by TikTok. For the number one search engine, like yeah. bro, that's a big deal. That that that's what they had like a fifteen year reign, right? Like it was, yeah, it was insane. Nothing no has ever competed with them like that. Yeah, and there's been, yeah, you know, like other companies, you know, like Ask Jeeves sure. and Bing and fucking Yahoo, and and there's been competitors, like big competitors, multi million dollar competitors, like Yahoo wasn't a small company, couldn't compare no. to Google. And, you know, what's even more fascinating that a lot of people don't realize is because Google owns YouTube. That's how you get your information, at least I do, is YouTube. Yeah. You know, like if you want to know how to change your fucking faucet, you're not going <laughs> to Google it. You're going to go straight to YouTube because, you know, some 50-year-old dad made a video about it. And, right. And you found it and you you put your phone on top of the counter and you horizontal that shit and you watched it. And you were amazed and you changed that faucet and you were good. But now it's like when you look at kids that are, are searching everything from music to podcasts to uh, how-to videos, foods to eat, what to cook, trending sounds, they are doing everything on TikTok and searching it. And if you're you know below the age of 25, that's your search engine now. Yeah, you it's know? your that's their Google. It's what... what my Google was, I mean, my search engine was Google. TikTok's yeah. their Google now. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I found a lot of companies were fighting it at first. <clears throat> but I, I'm starting to understand that TikTok's here to stay for quite some time. And if, unless they get acquired by a big company, which I don't think they will, uh, I think a lot of companies are going to start adapting it. Um, and 
what's more fascinating to me that I think TikTok has a leg up on is now they're starting to buy e-com stores and e-com warehouses. You heard about that? Yeah, a little bit. So they're literally going to become the Amazon for creators. And because right. the creator economy is like, it's just a perfect time because the creator economy is just booming. TikTok is booming. Sales are up. Ecom is up. Everything's up except physical retail stores. So now you look at like TikTok's cranking on the creator economy. Uh, once they figure out how to do drop shipping and things like that, I think that's going to be huge because if I'm a creator or a podcaster, and let's say we're talking about AG1, right? And I'm a creator and I'm talking about it. And then you can click the link below on TikTok and TikTok ships it from TikTok warehouse right to your door, gives me a commission as the creator. I just surpassed my website. So why would I have a Squarespace or a Wix website, right? And then right. why would I have an Amazon storefront? Why would I have an Amazon link? Why would I be affiliated with any other brand except TikTok if TikTok's going to give me the commission and deal with shipping? So now you're cutting out all these middlemen. So right. hopefully if TikTok does it smart, they'll pay the creator more. And now they're handling everything. And I think we're underestimating TikTok's potential, not just from the e-com side, but from everything. You know, they're going to, if they can really figure out video and figure out how to pay creators, I think they'll beat out YouTube in five years. And uh, I think they got a lot of potential. So I think that's part of the reason why TikTok isn't in a rush to try to compete with what YouTube is putting out for creators. Because as mm. you know, YouTube is like, hey, we're, we're trying to get some of what's going on with shorts. We're actually changing all of the stuff that we're doing. And I think TikTok's looking back and going, yeah, but we're building what you just said. We're building warehouses. We're going to make creators way more money because we're going to cut out all the middlemen and make them essentially spokespersons for things that they love. And Who's, what do you think the numbers are going to look like when somebody is buying something from somebody they trust, right? And an, an ad from somebody they trust or some sort of vote of confidence. I mean, the, the numbers are going to go through the roof as opposed to just see, we, we see what companies are trying to do with their ads on TikTok. They don't look native. They look yeah. like ads and people are just swiping. Like, I don't think I've ever stopped on an ad in the last six months that looked like an ad, but I've, I've been tricked, tricked. <laughs> into watching an ad because it looks like you know my next door neighbor made it or a friend of yeah. mine and i'm like not even mad that i just watched 50 seconds of an ad because it's like oh that felt fine it didn't feel like i was being you know right. bamboozled there have been plenty of times when the little ad button pops up and i'm like holy crap i had no idea it was an ad yeah and you don't really know until you like read the description there's you know a small thing that says sponsored and you're like oh right. fuck, that's an ad <laughs> and i think that's the that's the power of ugc it doesn't feel like an ad and you know it's native to like your likes and, and what you enjoy and, and things like that and yeah like you said earlier i mean it's it's something that we trust and we trust people now it's kind of funny because i we're talking through all this stuff and we're like well this is great it makes a lot of sense we're trusting people we're doing all that but then we don't realize that we're probably spending money more now than we were two years ago and right. it makes me think like down the road you know, what is that going to look like from a consumer standpoint? Because, you know, with inflation and everything going up, are we going to be spending more money? Are we, is the creator economy going to maybe, you know, top out next year and then it's going to dip a little bit? Like, are, are consumers getting smarter? Are we going to start to realize like we did with influencers where you see that ad of like the dude on top of the waterfall and he's got like his cologne and he's like taking a picture and you could tell he edited it on Lightroom and he spent a lot of time on it. And then he's like, you know, hashtag ad, 
use code, you know, Tony at, at checkout. We realized it was an ad and then we stopped buying that shit. We're like, right. eh, dude, you're being an influencer. Like, is this going to be what UGC is in a year? Like, how long is it going to last? That's that's what I'm really curious about is how much longer can we keep this up? Because now I look for it. Now I'm conscious of it because I'm a creator, obviously. So, like, yeah. when I see someone that is uh, is using something on Amazon and they're like, oh, my God, I TikTok made me buy this. I looked at Amazon and I got this and I'm like, wait for it. Wait for it. And then at the end, it's like, check the link in my bio. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> you bitch. You got me. You got me. I'm going to do it. Right. <laughs> you got me. So I don't know, dude. I don't know if we're going to get smarter or if we're going to just keep you know, digging this. Like, what do you think? I think that because the creator economy is going to only get more competitive, that there, there is constantly going to be a bar that is raised and there are constantly people that are going to try to outperform the others. And those that have, but this is where I think it's interesting. So with influencers, we saw the bar bar keep going up and up and up and then it crashed because people are just getting tired of it. Mm -hmm. I think what will happen now because there's such a movement towards authenticity and relatability that we're going to see that competitive ceiling get higher and higher and higher. But there's also going to be people that are going to be maybe they don't have the sharpest image or maybe they don't have like everything perfect. But there's going to be a lot more people that are willing to buy from this person than this person. So it's going to be a different playing field. I still think that there's stuff you know, there's still people up here that are going to make sales, but there's going to be far more people that are here that are also going to make sales. What's mm -hmm. interesting to me and what I can't wait to see is what that looks like, you know, how that ceiling gets raised, but at the same time, how people are just like, no, we saw this already. Like you said, we saw this yeah. already. I'm going to buy from, you know, this guy down here, not only because I want to support, you know, a creator, but also because there's a different connection there. There's more connection as opposed to just being sold something. Yeah, and I think it's going to open up a lot of uh, avenues for subscription model type businesses to where I look at, I'm, I'm part of a lot of subscriptions with different brands and companies and, and stuff like AG1 and, you know, I've, I've used Forsomatic and stuff before where, you know, it was every month I'm getting, you know, whatever, mushroom coffee, right? I like the subscription model from a brand perspective, and I think we're going to see more of subscription models with creators, because like you alluded to earlier and when we first started that you're watching less and less Netflix and I'm watching more and more TikTok. So like, for example, I think it would be interesting in like five years from now, not only can you see my podcast publicly for free on all these different apps and platforms, but maybe there's a subscription service where you get like a monthly kit from me. Like if you're into health, wellness and things like that, maybe every month I send you some of the products via TikTok that I use constantly. And every month you're getting that along with extra content and extra things that I put out, whether that's an extra podcast or, you know, some advice or something like that. But I could see consumers subscribing more to creators because if we're watching these folks on TikTok more than we are Netflix and I'm paying 10, 20 bucks for Netflix, but then in a few years I'm realizing I'm not watching Netflix anymore. So let me take that money and reallocate it to paying these creators because at least I'm getting something out of this creator every single time I watch them. We're going to focus more on paying with creators and paying for creators and their type of I think the younger demographics, I think that's already where they see it going. Like yeah. the, you sort of just brought that idea up to me and I've heard like little whispers of what that might look like, but that makes a lot of sense because like, for instance, taking health, you have a a box every month that you're like, these are the products that I'm currently using. 
you know, if you want to be 37, but look like you're 25, here, here's my box, right? Here's my box of stuff um, that can help you with these things. And even if it is a little bit, I won't say clickbaity, but even if it is a little far fetched, the idea is, is that you're using these products, people like you for who you are. And it's like, why wouldn't I buy that? And you're right. I, I think people are going to go like, like I, I've even started doing this. I had an Audible subscription and I was listening to a lot of books, but then I stopped and mm-hmm. I was like, I want to reallocate that money to supporting, like I have a buddy of mine who has a, a podcast and he has like a Patreon and you can get, you know, special stuff with a Patreon. And I just started doing that kind of naturally because one, I want to support my friends. One, uh, two, I'm a creator. So I understand that, what it's like to, you know, go through that avenue and three i'm not watching netflix like i don't care that yeah. you know molly and me or whatever is on <laughs> netflix this month like <clears throat> it's just not it's not how i spend my time so i don't want to spend my money in that avenue either exactly younger generations are getting they're getting more conscious of what they're spending money on and they want to protect the earth and the environment and they want to take care of their health a little bit more so i think they're getting more intelligent when it comes to all this type of stuff to where we're realizing that we don't need all the materialistic stuff. We don't need the Lamborghinis and the big houses and all that. So I think they're going to have more money down the road. And that's, you know, if you look at the numbers, I mean, I I read an article, I I think it was Inc.com, and I was reading something where they were talking about how there's going to be more millionaires from the creator economy than there ever has been in the last 20 years. So like 20 years from now, there's going to be more millionaires than there ever has been. Like the Bill Gates, the Elon Musk, all those. Those guys, obviously, they started off uh, small and you know became millionaires, and then now they're billionaires and some of the richest guys on the planet. But we're on track, the creator economy, to make these millions. I mean, Mr. Beast is a great example, probably the best example, to where he'll yeah. probably be the first billionaire on YouTube. And right. he's only been doing this for 10 years. Right. So if you look at like an Elon Musk or Bill Gates or Steve Jobs, how long did it take them to become a billionaire? Right. Decades. Yeah. And it's super fascinating that the idea that Mr. Beast not only is not the only one by any means, but the fact that you can do this by creating videos, you're not hiring thousands and thousands of people like Steve Jobs and Bill Gates and all these folks did. Like you're just creating videos and then you're building a brand and... Now you get look at Mr. Beast and he's got Feastables, he's got Beast Burgers, he's got all these different brands that he's creating different revenue streams, and he's doing that with putting out videos. Like it's right. crazy that that yeah, guy. Yeah, it's them. it's really insane that, like in a good way, that this guy has built, you know, the the YouTube channel that he's built, and he's just done it. You know, if you listen to what I love about his podcast episodes is that he's like, look, you guys are asking me the same questions over and over and I'm telling Mm -hmm. you the same answers. Like, stop asking the questions, go do the stuff, you know, and I love that because he's so real about it. But you're right. He's built the brand. The brand is recognizable across the world. Mm -hmm. Now he's building businesses around that brand and they're doing exceptional numbers. Like, it's insane. But it all comes down to the fact that people know the brand before they know the business. And that is something that not a lot of businesses benefit from because they build a business and it takes them what, like five years at least to, to really build some sort of awareness around what they're doing. If they're doing it right, he did the brand first and he did it, like you said, making videos and making that connection through media. Yeah. People, when he first launched that, uh, that first burger joint, I want to say it was in Vegas. Maybe it was the first one and everyone was going there, not because they wanted to try the best burger in the world. Like, no one knew it was going to be good or not. And who knows? It's probably not the best burger. 
but people buy the burger because it's Mr. Beast. Right. You know? And then you look at like, okay, so what's another good example of that in the burger industry? Okay, who did it? Mark Wahlberg. One of the most popular actors on God's green earth did not pull any numbers close to Mr. Beast, a YouTuber, when he first opened up Wahlburgers. So you look at Mark Wahlberg, people aren't as big of fans as Mark Wahlberg as they are Mr. Beast. And that is staggering. The fact that a YouTuber can have more business because of his likes and, uh, and, and fans that just go and buy it. It's unfathomable. You know, thinking about that, I think the, if you had to boil it down to one reason why that happened is because actors play roles of different people. They don't play themselves. Mr. Beast is mm. always playing himself. So you're connecting with Mr. Beast because he's not trying to be someone else. He's not acting a role. He doesn't have a script. He's himself. And he makes you feel like he's your friend or he's like somebody that you could relate to. Whereas Mark Wahlberg is, we don't really know who Mark Wahlberg is. I mean, he's done some branding for himself, but in a lot of ways we know Mark Wahlberg in the shooter. We know Mark Wahlberg in Transformers. We don't know Mark Wahlberg. It's kind of an interesting, Wow. And that's where I, that's why I think this whole authenticity thing is making yeah. such a difference is because people are being able to connect with real people and they're learning stuff about them the same way you would learn about someone in, you know, your friend group. <clears throat> yeah. That's a great way to put it. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, because we don't know these people. I mean, aside from social media and what they put out, which who knows if that's real or not, I think. Because I, <laughs> I follow Mark Warburg, and the only thing he puts out is like his company, Municipal. It's right. it's, it's only like, oh, we're launching a new golf shirt today. Like it's, right. it's never like him just shooting the shit and doing things versus like if you watch a Mr. Beast or you watch these folks, they're just like I love Mr. Beast on Twitter. It's so funny. Because he'll just tweet out things like, go buy chocolates. Yeah. And, and you, uh, did you see that video that Which his video? manager put out? Uh-uh. He said he makes five times as much money tweeting, go buy this chocolate, than he does from his YouTube channels. YouTube channels number two, and then like, I forget what the other ring. But he says he, he sells more money just tweeting than no. anything else he does. Yeah. I'll, if I find It's in my watch history. I'll send it to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shoot it to me. That is cra- I mean, I believe it. But that is that's insane, yeah. And and is. that just goes to that just goes to show that if you can build a community of people, and those people trust you, you know, like you said, and you know, Mr. Beast will never put out like a subscription, I don't think. But I I, I guarantee if he ever did, like a dollar a month, and you'll get one feastable bar a month, right? Yeah, he will absolutely. get every single fan to pay a dollar a month. Every single fan oh, yeah. will do. It. $5 a month, $10 a month. He could have different tiers and he could do it and people could build it. So if you look at something like that versus like, I don't know, a celebrity doing it, aside from The Rock, there's not one person in the world that I would do a subscription thing to. Like even Joe Rogan, and I love his podcast, of course, he's the GOAT, but I don't know if he went to a automatic platform. I don't know if I would pay a subscription for for that podcast just because I don't consume all of his podcasts because they are long. So I feel like I wouldn't get, you know, enough to make it worth it. Um, Because right. there is a lot of podcasts, like he, he's one of them where I'll watch on TV. You know, like I'll I'll mirror my phone and I'll put it on TV and I'll watch a few episodes in the background. But, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I've, I've watched videos just yesterday. I watched a couple of videos and clips of a bunch of different podcasts and, f- you know, fellow creators on my TV, you know, from mirroring my phone. 
and I'll consume that content. So I could see it Mm. down the road to where there's a lot of podcasters and a lot of of celebrities that are doing these subscriptions where, you know, instead of Netflix or a streaming service, I would do that. Yeah, it's it's actually with the contrast to how creators, younger creators are making their money to how older actors and, you know, celebrities are making their money. Mm. You're hundred percent right. Like we said with Mark Wahlberg, he's like, Oh, here, you know, go buy my shirt. Why, why would I, why would I go buy your shirt? Mark Wahlberg? Yeah. Like what's, what sort of fabric is, makes it better. Whereas a creator could tell me like, I, the reason I use this is because it's the only polo I can wear that doesn't show sweat stains. Oh, mm. brilliant. Mm-hmm. Right. But but so people want to not only know why it's better, but they also want to buy from people that are going to be honest with them. I don't trust that Mark Wahlberg's not just trying to sell me. I also don't trust that he came up with the with like what he was going to say on his own, like he's yeah. being scripted. It just feels fake. And like yeah. like we were talking about earlier, you know, Instagram made that so apparent to all of us because yeah. everyone was just photoshopping everything. Yeah, so crazy. Again, I mean, I think I hate bringing up The Rock because uh, I love him, but. He's the only guy that I'll probably buy things and try out because he says it, aside from Joe Rogan. But like in terms of like someone on Instagram that has a, you know, I don't even know what he has. Yeah, I think he has the most followers for a man on Instagram, The Rock does. And because uh, I think Kardashian's uh, the most popular woman. But his his stuff, everything comes out. Energy drink, tequila, fucking Project Rock gear. Like I got it all. And yeah. I, I'm not disappointed with any of it. Like, I trust his judgment on a lot of stuff. His movies, eh, not so much. But I trust, <laughs> who cares? But yeah. I, it's entertaining. At least you know what you're getting with The Rock. Like, he's going to destroy some shit. Like, I'm cool with right. <laughs> Like, people yeah. that go in and say, you know, The Rock didn't perform. Like, it's not his best acting role. I go, oh, really? It's not his best acting <laughs> yeah. role? Yeah, I don't think he's aiming for that. <laughs> yeah, no shit. He wants to blow shit up. Like, yeah. Yeah, Hobbs and Shaw, like what, he's going to win an Oscar for that? I get it. <laughs> so, but The Rock, dude, like I'll, he'll whole he's really good at creating that community like a creator does. He's the closest right. to me that a celebrity can get to a creator because if you're smart, you're going to follow that same template, right? Where if you notice, he's very strategic with this, and I'm sure he has a team of people, but I followed him for a long time, and I buy a lot of his stuff, and I listen to every single one of his videos. He's really good at the tease. And this is what creators, if you want to be a really good UGC creator, podcaster, this to me would be the advice that I give to people is, and Gary Vee talks a lot about this too, is never ask for anything. Do what you do best, do what you love, and then everything else will happen. And The Rock's really good at like, if he has a new line of Project Rock stuff coming out, he'll wear the t-shirt and he'll work out with it for a few days. Won't say anything about it, he'll just work out with it for a few days. That's it. And then he'll do like a selfie and he'll talk about, hey, by the way, new Project Rock dropping this Thursday, 10 a.m., look out, and that's it. And you're like, wait, hold on. What Project Rock? Wait, was he wearing that? And then people are going to scroll and they're going to look back. And the next thing you know, people are going to buy the Project Rock stuff. So it's it's one of those slow teases where you go into it where you don't really talk about it. You just want to be about it versus like a Wal- Mark Wahlberg. Every post is municipal. here's the new shoes with the polos check it out hashtag municipal partner so there's there's a there is a difference and i i think if if we're smart enough to where we can look at those and identify that like you know they're still asking for it but at least he he really does back it up and i think he's very sincere when you know he talks about wanting to promote stuff i like that a lot too 
like the it's basically like product placement not necessarily it's showing not telling right um i think people identify with that or a lot whether it's a t-shirt or it's a hat or there was someone the other day that was wearing their branded hat and they wear it all the time and it makes total sense that they would wear their own brand's hat but it's also advertising something new or whatever it is you know their brand and so it's yeah brand placement and, and yeah. i think that is how we are going to be okay with consuming you know people's stuff their merch whatever it might be yeah exactly peter mckinnon's another good example for like a creator that just you know he'll wear his stuff for a while and then eventually like halfway through the video he'll be like oh by the way I did this team you know up what? with. It might be him that I saw a video on because I was like, with a hat. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's always wearing hats. That's always. probably what it was. Yeah. 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 No, he's great too. You know, what What I like most about, we're talking a lot about creator and, and all that. You, you buy these products, you support these products, and you have to think to yourself, well, what are we getting out of it? And as I've gotten more, not only the podcast space, but just becoming a content creator these last few years and working with a lot of other creators, and the one distinction that I've realized from a creator versus like having a job is as a creator, yeah, you're looking to make money and you want to make a paycheck for sure. But usually it's never one-sided as a creator. It's always getting value to the consumer. So mm -hmm. like, yeah, you might, if, like I sell this shirt actually on my website just because I'm a big pizza fan. And then on yeah. the back of it says, take me to your pizza. <laughs> so, but I, I, I don't even really promote this. I just wear it because I'm like, if I'm going to spend $10 on a shirt, it's going to be my own shirt. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, like I'm not going to go buy a Nike shirt for $25. Like Nike's yeah. not paying me. But <laughs> usually like if you bought this shirt from my website, um, go to my shop, check it out. But if you bought this shirt from my website, I'm going to give you a good podcast. So that's yeah. what you're getting. Yeah. You're picking up a shirt for me but you're getting a good podcast. I'm not asking for a subscription fee. You're picking up product and, and I'm going to give you something in return. That's usually how creators are. You know, we talk about Mr. Beast. We talk about um, Peter McKinnon. Like Peter McKinnon will walk you through how to edit a photo in two minutes and he does it beautifully and it's very entertaining and he makes great content. So he runs a YouTube that doesn't cost you anything. It's free to watch his content. But if you pick up a hat of his or a fucking shirt or whatever he's got, you're supporting them. And that's what's kind of cool about it is that's what's there between the creator economy and buying something from the rock or a celebrity is you're not really getting value. Right. Right. Like you're watching Netflix and you're paying fucking 20 bucks a month, but right. you're consuming shit that's going to go in one ear and out the other. Like there's no value to it. At least when you're consuming creators content, you're getting something out of it. And that's what's beautiful about this whole economy. That's a great point. You know, I, I haven't really thought of it like that. You know, when you consume a Netflix episode, there's nothing that there's nothing you carry with you after that. There's no like there's no like growth. There's no thought process. There's but you're right with creators. If they're if you're interested in how to use a DSLR camera and you go and watch somebody's video on it, you're getting instant value from that, you know, provided they do a good job and all that. Um, yeah, it's sort of this reciprocity that at one point, if you, that person builds enough of a relationship from just their videos, you almost feel like, not that I have to pay this person, but I'm less likely to be guarded with my my money. And you don't get that from Netflix. Yeah. And I, I think that's the reason why colleges and, and universities, like, they're having less and less attendees every year. You know, I'm, mm -hmm. I've learned more on YouTube in the past 10 years than I have for school. You know, I dropped yeah. out of college, but you can learn so much. And, and school and I mean, there was even classes that 
you can learn. I forget who it is, but he's got millions of subscribers. Um, I think it's like at home dad or something or do it yourself. Mm. Dad. Have you heard of this dude? No. If you look up million subscribers on YouTube, dad, he'll pop up whatever his name is. So sorry, I can't give you a shout out, dude, but he does all these little things like changing a tire, uh, you know, fixing a leaky faucet, all these things that your dad would teach you. Right. And he started this YouTube like five, six years ago, and he makes millions of dollars a year. And all he's doing is just showing you how to make stuff, how to be a dad, how to do things around the house, how to do manly things. It's um, it's fascinating because as like a young man, I was lucky enough to have two parents, but there's a lot of folks out there that only have one parent or no parents. And right. when you can go on YouTube and watch this guy be showing you kind of things that your dad would have showed you, things that are useful in life, you know, real estate advice and, you know, common sense advice. Like that shit they don't teach you in college. They teach you trigonometry that you're never going to use. You know, they, they teach you stuff that is not beneficial to your everyday life. And this guy has made millions of dollars doing it. And that's what's so interesting and sexy and beautiful about, you know, the world that we're living in now where we can get educated on the internet. And a lot of people think it's stupid, but... Every single person, when you say how to, it's always on a keyboard. Yeah. How to do this. And you <laughs> learn that shit that way. It's not what you learned in middle school and you're applying your your middle school and your high school and your college experience to that. It's always something on the internet. And we're learning more and more information. And it's fascinating that, that we could just uh, learn everything on there now. You know, I think I might have heard of this guy if it's the same person. And I, his story is really amazing, too, because he was thinking about all of those, like you had mentioned, all those people out there that don't have a dad to show them those things, don't have a dad to come over and help them with their, you know, yard or whatever it might be. He, mm -hmm. and, and that is such an inspiring story because it's like not only are there tons of people like that, but it's, he found a need and he was, he's meeting it and he's being generous with his time and, and creating value. Then that's, yeah. yeah, that's really amazing. And that would have, you know, like you said, that would have not happened if we, if we just had universities teaching us everything. Yeah. And by the way, universities charge you. Right. <laughs> yeah. They don't, yeah, they charge you. You're a lifetime debtor with, yeah. with a college education. I, I dropped out as well. And, um, I don't know what your story is specifically on that, but I just realized like if I'm going to, I wanted to major in nutrition and mm. I just said, you know what, I'm learning so much online. And the part that the, the thing that kind of went off in my head is what, what I was learning online was working, but it was so different than what I was learning in college. And then I dug mm. deep into that and I realized how much of government and companies have an influence on what's taught in schools like from a young age to a college age. And I'm like, so I'm paying for an education that's being sold or bought, I guess, depending on how you look at it, from someone who has an invested interest in, you know, how I eat. That I'm not cool with that. Yeah. That's not freedom of information. That's I'm being sold information. So that's when I was like, you know what? I'm dropping out. Like, I don't care if my dad's gonna be upset. I don't care if my parents are like, well, we want you to go to college. And thankfully they're like super supportive. They're like, yeah. oh, you make a really good point. Like maybe you shouldn't go to college for that particular, you know. So um, but yeah, I just said, you know what? If I can learn this online, why the heck would I pay a tuition? So true. Yeah, that's that's great. So you went to school for nutrition. So I would imagine you have uh, a background in 
in, uh, in nutrition, health, wellness. Are you still in that field a little bit? Uh, yeah, on the side. So I actually went to school to, to be um, a nutritionist. And then I realized, like, well, that's just, they want me to take a bunch of courses and help make yeah. uh, cafeteria food like for diabetics. And I just was like, you know what, that's not the right way. No. So I took an alternative route. I went down to San Diego. I don't, don't know if you've ever heard of the Czech Institute, but um, hmm. I studied under Paul Czech. He's a world-renowned holistic lifestyle coach. And um, it got a, kind of a little weird, to be completely honest. Like it was very like, I don't want to say it was a cult, but like there, we spent the first two days of his seminar just like, like deprogramming ourselves from like thinking a certain way. And I'm all for like, you know, open up your mind and like that kind of stuff. But I like, I went there to try to learn how to build a business. <laughs> you know, I didn't come here to like, you know, have Drink my mind cold. wiped and try yeah. and try to learn new thing, you know, things about different stuff. So yeah. I appreciate the experience, but anyway, and, um, I just, you know, I said, mm -hmm. I'm going to get my personal training certification. I'm going to build a business in fitness. And then so similar to what happened with you, the pandemic hit gyms closed down. I got COVID pay, you know, it's, and I, and I just wasn't able to recover from that. Um, from what happened with that. And so mm -hmm. I went into a different industry and now I'm transitioning into trying to find a way to do what I love as a creator and make the kind of money that can support my family. Cause I have a, a, a one-year-old daughter now it's different. You know, it's not like me and my wife eating ramen noodles for, you know, six months to try to save. It's like, we got to feed, you know, her. So mm -hmm. it's a different atmosphere and it's a lot to juggle, but it's, it's been so rewarding to make that transition partly because I I'm doing something I enjoy versus something that I'm just like, Oh God, I, I never want to do that again. Yeah, dude, that's, uh, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat for sure. Uh, yeah, it's funny. We'll, we'll have to do a whole separate podcast on like health and wellness. Cause I didn't realize, but we're like almost at an hour already. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, time, time flies. <laughs> yeah, time flies. Yeah. yeah uh, for sure. but, uh, yeah, I, I was a, a personal trainer, um, prior to this, uh, probably like 15 years ago, actually now. And uh, I got out of that field because it's obviously very competitive, but uh, I was getting paid per session. I was a college kid, quote unquote college kid. I was college age. I dropped out though. And I just, I didn't like college because I was like, you know, I can just save money and spend money and party. And there's nothing that they're teaching me that's beneficial. And I'd rather just work. So I got a bunch of jobs, started training people on the side and I gained some real life experience. And then eventually opened up my own company when I was in my 20s. A few years later, sold out for a little bit of profit, and um, that's when I started dipping back into corporate America. But I've always been involved in the health and wellness industry, and you know, working out all the time. I'm newly vegan. I uh, I've had some health scares before, uh, oh, wow. and uh, it kind of made me start doing an elimination diet to figure out what made the most sense. And turns out, eating plant based works for me. Unfortunately, because I do love me some meat, but uh, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. And um, yeah, I've, I've, I've had these health scares and I've, I've focused more and more, not just on my physical health, but I'm realizing the correlation between what we're eating and our mental health uh, is very fascinating, especially when you look at not just what we're eating, but, but like we talked about in the beginning is fasting and the great benefits of that. And then you're like, wait a minute, but our whole lives we're told every two hours, right? Every three hours you got to eat. And then when you start really diving into the clinical research and the studies behind us is there's so many big companies that are behind the type of food we consume and the education in schools. And like you alluded to earlier, where that's when you're like, hold the fuck on, man. That means no one's taking care of us. Right. Not the government, not the president, not 
anybody. No one's taking not your spouse. Yeah, it's, it's all, all about the money, dude. And yeah. when you start diving into the the individual research and everything, that's when I really got passionate about starting a podcast kind of about it. So, and we, we've been talking this entire thing about the creator economy and all that. Well, to me, I look at that as uh, there's three pillars in my podcast. It's mental health, physical health, and financial health. And usually that all kind of mixes together with like social interaction. So whether it's social media or uh, how we use our devices, you know, financial health, it's all that is kind of what I, I love diving into because I feel like the more education we can have on those three topics in particular, mental, physical, and financial health, and we could start talking more about it and be transparent and open about discussing these topics, um, the younger generation is going to start to realize, which I think they're starting to now, where it's not about what people are telling you. It's about doing your own research, figuring out what's best for you, right? Like yeah. we, we've been told get a job, get a 401k, get corporate benefit. Like, yeah, that's all great and it's good for some people. But if you don't want to do that, you're going to spend 30 years of your life miserable. Like that's bad for yeah. your mental health. And that's, if you're, yeah, exactly. right? And if your mental health is shit, then guess what? Your marriage is going to turn into shit. Your kids are going to raise or be, you know, be raised in a, a poor household where, it's a family that's getting torn apart and both spouses aren't happy. And the next thing you know, that kid's going to become either a, <laughs> a horrible person in society or they're going to be miserable their whole life. And, you know, if we're really trying to help, help humanity, it's all about helping yourself and doing the things that you'd like to do. And um, just the last few years, man, I've become very passionate about that stuff. And I think it all, it all kind of connects and correlates to each other to where we just got to take care of ourselves and take care of our body. And I, I think that's what drew me to your profile when i first saw your videos is like this guy has a like you have a vibe of passion like whatever you're talking about because sometimes i'm i see that you're talking about this and talking about that but there's always this underlying passion about what you're talking about because you really want to try to help people understand what's going on and i i honestly think the way my my father was raised in terms of like the whole you know go to college get guaranteed you know guaranteed job all that stuff was great for like you said a certain group of people but what we don't tend to realize is, or I shouldn't say we, I think people understand this, but what corporations want is they want a very easy system. And if you don't fall in that system, too bad, you know, we'll take care, we'll, we'll force feed you other things and make money on you different ways. But it, you have to carve out your own path. That's There's probably a stat out there that shows the consistent rise in entrepreneurship because there are so many more people who are like, I don't want to do that college thing. Yeah. Not because I don't think it's a great route for some people, but because it's not great for me. And that's when people are waking up going, oh, I should probably do what's good for me instead of like being told what to do. And it takes bravery and courage to be able to do that. I remember when I told my dad, I was scared to death because he was went to UCLA. You know, he got an economics degree. I mean, he was I felt like I had to live up to that to a certain extent, but I also just wanted to make him proud. And the fact that I was going a totally different route and I'm very fortunate that he accepted my, you know, uh, you know, he didn't make it difficult for me to feel good about not wanting to do something that he wanted to do, but yeah. not a lot of kids get that. And it's, it's, you know, it's not, it's sad. Yeah, no, it is. And, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough to where I have a lot of support as well, but you know, I've, you never want to take these type of plunges without having a plan. You know, and that's the key sure. is uh, you want to really formulate a plan and be organized. And, you know, that's where I was like, when we first got married, my wife and I almost seven years ago, we're like, you know, this is our goals. This is what we want to do. But we're going to have to buy some property, rent some property out. We're going to have to work harder. 
you know, I was working a corporate job and also Ubering on the side just to make some money so I can, you know, buy a second house and rent it out because I knew if I had two properties, then, you know, that, that income from the rental would pay for my mortgage in my current house. And then we could save money that way. And then eventually, and the next thing you know, fast forward seven years later, we were able to do that. But seven years, long time, a lot of stress. And then now I'm, I'm comfortable enough to where I can kind of take the plunge. And I, I think sometimes we do have issues finding that happy median to where it's like, okay, I want to, I want to be a content creator. So I'm just going to quit my job. I'm going to walk up to my boss that I make six figures and say, fuck you. I don't want to do this anymore. Hold on. <laughs> Why don't you spend six months faking it till you make it, save money, maybe invest your money somewhere where you can, you know, have some real estate or stocks or CDs or something like that, invest some money. And then once you kind of turn that money into a little extra money, Take that, start doing stuff on the side, kind of like you're doing, Shane. And then when you get comfortable, then you could say, fuck you to your boss. But, you know, don't don't just jump right into it because Gary Vee told you to. Like, we kind of have to be a little, <laughs> you know, we have to be a little bit more conscious uh, about things. And that's that's the type of, of passion. I appreciate you saying that. That's, that's the type of passion that I like to share on my podcast because, and a lot of AG1. <laughs> but that's uh, that's just something that I've, I've always had, I think, um, which is a big reason why I started my podcast is because I have that passion and my wife is not, not that she's not passionate, but she's not as like extroverted and uh, she doesn't like to talk. Like if we're in a group with friends, she'll kind of make her little, she'll chime in every now and again. But I'm usually the one that's like, everyone's looking like, who the fuck is this douchebag? Like that's me. And I'm okay with that because that's just how I am. <laughs> right. So but yeah. So when I first started, uh, you know, dating my wife and then we got to know each other and then we got engaged. I'm like, she's like, all right, you're a lot. And I go, well, <laughs> but I got a lot to say. And she's like, okay. All right. And I'm like, you know, I should just start a podcast because no one, <laughs> if she doesn't want to listen to me, maybe other people will. And then I just grabbed my phone and recorded on my voice, voice memo on my iPhone. And, uh, that was episode one. And then I just posted it on, on uh, my website. And then I was like, you know, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm gonna keep doing and now here I am. This is probably like episode 90 or 190 rather. So episode 190 I'm at now. But it all started with me venting because my wife didn't want to hear me talk anymore. So it's uh, we all start. <laughs> we all start somewhere and then we have to we have to slowly grow. I'm laughing because that's exactly why I started a podcast. <laughs> is that true? Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, my I love talking to my wife and we talk about a lot of different stuff, but I'm a big talker. Like I'm, I'm introverted, but like, if you get me in the right Avenue, I could talk about days on certain things. So yeah. yeah, I started my podcast because I had all these thoughts and I, even before that, I noticed that I was like talking to myself in my car on the way to work about things that I was interested in because I wanted to get better at speaking and I don't naturally have like, or I didn't naturally have like kind of this like speaking voice and being able to articulate things. I just didn't come about that naturally. That's and then awesome. I was like, you know what? I should probably just record this. Like, why not? Podcasting's a thing. It's relatively inexpensive to start. Let's do it. So that's what I did. And I I, I remember thinking that exact same thing. Like, my wife's so like, could you just, I don't want to talk about that. Okay, cool. I'm going to go make a podcast episode. I'll see yeah. you later. Yeah. That's so great, dude. Yeah, we're the same human for sure. So that's reassuring. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. <laughs> now that's awesome, dude. Yeah, we, we definitely will have to do uh, another episode. Boom, we just hit an hour. Hey, congratulations, Shane. You have made it an entire hour wow. with Tony Berardo. Um, not a lot of people make it a full I hour. Feel, I feel honored. Thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you for coming on. We'll definitely have to do a part two. 
where maybe we'll dip more into the health and wellness because I want to get your expertise on on a few things on that aspect. But this has been fun just kind of talking about the creator economy and the growth and and TikTok. It's been a I lot think. of fun. Yeah, dude, yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of great nuggets in here. So I'll make sure I clip some stuff up and I'll shoot it to you. So if you want to repurpose it. Um, Absolutely. You Thank can. you. One thing I always ask my guests at the end of each episode, um, it's a session, uh, well, it's a, a series, I guess you could say, not a series, what would you, a segment, it would be a segment. It's yeah. a segment I like to say, uh, what made you a better human? So Shane, I ask you this, what do you think in the past 12 months, what's one thing that you could tell the audience that have made you a better human? Uh, being a dad, becoming a dad. Mm. Yeah. I think that I, I think it has just taught me to slow down and enjoy the moment more and, and try to be as kind as I possibly can to anyone around me. Um, and I don't know if that all has just come about because I've had to slow down, you know, when you have a, when you're sleep deprived and you, <laughs> you know, you're, <laughs> you're, you're feeding a baby instead of, you know, doing this other thing, you learn how to manage your time and you just start to realize like the moment is really where the magic is. And mm -hmm. you, I, I personally have always tried to find the moment, but nothing, I don't think I've become a better person. With, I don't think I would be a better person without having my daughter be born. So wow. yeah, that's it's been a really powerful experience. That's beautiful, man. Well, on that note, uh, I think that is just beautiful for the audience to, to hear. So uh, thank you for sharing that. And um, very happy. Congrats on on the little one turning one. And yeah, let's definitely do this again, man, for sure. This was fun. Yeah, I'd love that. Um, but if you can give us a shout out to where we could find you, social media, Instagram, your website, your podcast, all that jazz. Sure. So um, best place to find me on social media is TikTok. It's uh, at Shane underscore PTC. And then I have a podcast, the Part-Time Creator Podcast. You can find that on Google Podcasts, uh, Apple, Spotify, um, and anchor.fm. Nice. Very cool. Well, dude, Shane, again, it has been a pleasure getting to know you, man. And uh, I'll shoot you an email on some other stuff we talked about earlier, like my portfolio and the template yeah. so you can start creating your own shit. And uh, awesome, yeah, man. dude, we'll do Thank this again. So much. Yeah, I appreciate your time. I know you're a busy guy and you got a lot of stuff going on. So it's I really do appreciate this. Hey, for my boy Shane, we do uh, what we got to do, <laughs> all right? <laughs> Are you from New York, by the way? I am not. My, oh, okay, that was yeah. a good. That was a very good accent. Thanks. Yeah, my, my whole my whole uh, dad side's from Jersey, so uh, you know. So my I think, wife grew up in New York. So oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there's something deep inside. I don't know where it is, but it's somewhere in my DNA. Where if I wanted to just turn it on, I think I could turn, turn it on. on. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, I watched Sopranos pretty much my entire life, so that helps. Great show. <laughs> Great show. <laughs> All right, Shane. Well, enjoy your weekend, man. Thanks for the time. Nice. We'll uh, we'll stay connected, brother. All right. Absolutely. Have a good weekend. Oh, hey there. First of all, thanks for making it to the end of this video. Not a lot of people do, according to the YouTube analytics, but I, I do want to say thanks for listening to this. There's some more episodes if you want to check those out, and they're all just as good. But if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Check out those timestamps below to reference uh, some of the topics I talked about, as well as some discount links to some of our sponsors and affiliates. But uh, thanks for listening to this episode, and uh, we'll see you next time.